Thanks for joining us on the Hope Podcast. Hope Community Church exists to love people where they are and help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. By pursuing this relationship together, we can change the world. We have multiple locations, including an online service found at gethope.tv. If you're not from the greater Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina or near our Agape campus in Haiti, we'd love to still have you be a part of what Hope is up to through our online services. If you do live in our physical area, go to our website at gethope.net to check out where our campuses are located and our service times. Please like and share this with your friends or family. We are so glad you stopped by. All right, well, let me ask you a question. How many of you own an iPhone or maybe even an iPad? How many in the room? How many of you guys, hands up? How many of you haven't? Okay, so most of the room has an iPhone or an iPad. I'm assuming that's true for most people that are walking, watching online. Now, there's a feature, right? If you have an iPhone, there's a feature where you can get help at any point. It's always available. It's two simple words, hey, Siri. Now, I've heard a rumor I've heard a rumor that there are some who have not experienced the glorious light yet, right? Like some that actually own an Android. Are there any in the room that own an Android? Uh, James is in the room. He, he owns an Android. I noticed that Chase isn't here. I know Chase has an Android as well. I think it's probably because it forgot to tell him he was supposed to be here this morning. If you, if you are watching online, you have an Android. Let me just say I'm, I'm praying for you. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'll be a little transparent here. I, I don't know exactly what you do to get help with your phone. With ours, right? With an iPhone, you say, hey, Siri. I'm not sure who you call out to. Is it, hey, Randall, right? Like, hey, Randall, what's the weather like today? I, I'm really not sure um, what it is that you do. Now, I probably should have done a little bit more research to find that out, but here's the honest truth. I don't care. And, and so if you're upset by that, right, like you just have Randall send me a fax and, uh, and we'll get that and uh, he'll figure it out if he's that great of a, of a phone. Now, we're wrapping up our series talking about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, right? And we're talking about who is he and, and his function, his role, the, what he wants to do in our lives to help us. And so let me ask you this question. What if we had access to the Holy Spirit in the same way that we have access to Siri? or Randall, depending on what phone you have. Now, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I own a Jeep. We live here in North Carolina, and in North Carolina, you have to check the weather every seven minutes because it changes that rapidly. In fact, uh, this past Tuesday was the fourth time this summer where my app told me in the morning there was no or very little chance of rain uh, that I got rained on while I was topless. Now, I wasn't topless, right? I'm so sorry for that visual that some of you now have at this awkward moment, right? I wasn't topless. My Jeep was topless. I can't even see your faces, and I feel the awkward tension that we have um, now between us. See, when we lived in Southern California, you didn't need a weather app. You didn't even need a weather person, right? It was the greatest job ever because it was 55 in the morning. You put on hoodie and jeans. 
by afternoon, it was 85. You get down to your shorts and t-shirt. And then in the evening, it starts to cool back down again. You put your hoodie and jeans back on every single day. It was incredibly consistent. But here in North Carolina, man, the weather can change. You can have all four seasons literally in the same day and all with 3,000% humidity. That's a fact. You can, you can check that out. And so I regularly ask Siri, I'm like, hey, Siri. And, and she says, yes, Donnie, because I have the Australian accent on mine because it's well, we don't need to talk about that, but I just, I just like it, right? So I'll say, hey, Siri, what's the weather like today? And not only does Siri tell me the weather, but she buys me an umbrella and even opens it up for me. Like, that's how helpful she is. And so there are times, right, regularly throughout the day where I'll say, hey, Siri, will you send a text to so-and-so? Or I'll say, hey, Siri, what's a good restaurant around here? And, and she'll provide all kinds of different options. And sometimes we'll choose one of those and say, hey, Siri, would you, would you give me directions to that? And she'll pull up all the directions, right? It's just an incredibly helpful Thing that's available to us all the time. So let me ask the question again. What if we had access to the Holy Spirit in the same way that we have access to Siri? Right? What if in your life you could say things like, hey, Holy Spirit, I need clarity in this relationship, and the Holy Spirit would instantly provide right, some steps or, or some ways that you could deal with that relationship in a, in a healthier or, or better way? What if it was, hey, Holy Spirit, I need advice or wisdom with this financial situation that I'm in? Or, hey, Holy Spirit, I need uh, your peace in this health struggle that I'm going through. Or maybe even, uh, what about, hey, Holy Spirit, I need your strength to help break the grip that this habit has in my life. I have been trying for years uh, to kind of break this on my own, and I, I just can't do it. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Here's the truth. The truth is, is we have access to that. We do have that same kind of help. See, the more we recognize that the Holy Spirit is a person, the more we remember that we have this, this unlimited, uh, powerful resource that is available to us all the time through the Holy Spirit, the, the more we recognize that in this relationship that we have with God, it is so personal and intimate that he wants to help us. He, he wants to um, fight for us. He wants to counsel us. He wants to teach us. He wants to comfort us. He wants to guide us all of the time, every day. The quicker we get to the place of, of experiencing that and submitting our lives to the Spirit's help in our lives in that way, the better our lives become. So maybe the better question is this, why don't we use the Holy Spirit more in our lives. Look at this promise. In, in John 16, 13, Jesus said this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, one of the ways that the spirit helps us is as our guide. One of the questions that I get most, I would say probably most pastors get most often is the question, what is God's will for my life? Or how do I know God's will for my life? And it usually doesn't come that way as much as it comes in a, a different form of a question. Maybe it's, uh, who should I marry? Or um, maybe what school or college should I go to? Which house should I buy? Or should I take this job or, or that job? Right? Should I uh, start my own business? Should I get a dog or a cat? You don't need the Holy Spirit's help with that one. That one's a very obvious, a very obvious answer. Now, I'm not saying that people don't want to know God's will. I think they truly do. But what often drives that question, it really often comes out of a fear. And I think probably one of two fears. The one fear is this. Some people are afraid of missing out on God's will or missing out on God's plan for their lives. See, they figure if I don't get all the puzzle pieces right, if I don't get to the treasure at the end of the map, then I'm going to miss out on God's best. I'm going to end up with some kind of second kind of second quality life, right? Or a lower quality life. And, and I could have been up here, but instead I experienced this. That's a fear that I think a lot of people have. Here's another fear that I think people experience is, 
what if I do discover God's will in my life, right? What if God asked me to do something that I really don't want to do? What if he says, you've got to move to Africa or India or Nebraska? And if you're watching online from, uh, don't worry, but I've already offended you at, at this point. See, when we have a fear of God's plan or God's will in our lives, here's what happens. We tend to avoid God, right? Because we avoid the things that we, that we just don't understand. And when we avoid and when we move, we tend to move out of the way. It's not that God moved. His plan is still there. It's just that we move outside of it and we miss out on what it is that God wants to do in our lives. See, God's will is not a bunch of rules. God's will is a relationship. And God has given us everything that we need to know to experience his will through the power and the help of his Holy Spirit in our lives. In fact, look at what Romans 8, 14 says. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Now, let's get into this. And, and I'm not going to give you like 27 steps to know God's will for your life because it's not a formula. It just, it doesn't work that way. But I do want to give you a few essential things, a, a few essential um, understandings and partnerships with the Holy Spirit if we're going to experience His will in our lives. And at the end of each one, I'm going to give you a prayer to pray every single day so that you can make sure we get the most of, of this relationship that we have. Here's the first thing. To know God's will, we need God's presence. Now, there is no command in the entire Bible for us to be indwelt with the Holy Spirit, okay? That's interesting to me. There is no place in the Bible, no command where, it, where we are to ask God to come live inside of us. Now, maybe you've heard people uh, say that prayer, you need to ask God to come live in your heart, but, but there is no command in the Bible to do that. Okay, that is something that naturally happens when we believe that Jesus is God, when we repent of our sin, and through faith, we accept the, the gift that God has given us of forgiveness through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus. When we accept that incredible gift, God gives us another gift, and it is the presence of his spirit that comes and lives inside of us. And so we don't ask for that, but there is a command in the Bible that says that we need to be filled with God's spirit. In fact, look what it says in Ephesians 5 verse 18. It says, don't be drunk with wine because... Well, that will ruin your life. And, and some of us have stories that can uh, verify that. All of us have stories. Maybe it's not wine. It's something else that you can substitute in that we've allowed to control our lives. But look at what it says. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the tense of, of that statement in, in Greek, it, it literally means that we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Like this is a continuous action that needs to happen in our lives. Let me, let me give you a story, uh, an illustration. I, I don't like inviting new people over to our house, right? I don't know. Have you ever done that? Have you ever invited someone new? Maybe it's a new coworker or a new friend, a new couple. I don't like inviting new people over, over to our house. And you may be asking why. It's, it's a very, very simple reason. Is because I have to clean the entire house, right? Because inevitably, if I invite a new person over, right, there's going to be a tour. At some point, my wife, Laura, is going to say, hey, do you want a tour of the house? And they're always going to say, absolutely. We would love one, right? And, and so I have to clean the entire house. Now, if it's an old friend, right? If we've got a long-standing relationship, you can come over whenever you want to come over, right? And I'm, maybe we'll clean the kitchen or the living room, bathroom. That's on your own, right? You've experienced all that before. We're good on that side. We don't need to do that. But a new person, right, that always includes a tour. And, and at some point, usually during that tour, it will come the question like, well, what's behind that door? And my response will always be, well, if I wanted to show you, I would have opened that door for you, right? But it really, it's all the crap that I had to clean up for you coming over for the tour. That's what's hiding behind that door. See, I think that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. It's kind of similar. He wants a tour of our lives. 
And so the Holy Spirit comes in, and he says, well, what's in that room? And you say, oh, not much, just that, just that old laptop over there. Uh, Holy Spirit, don't look at the browser history, right? Oh, that's, that's too late. Yeah, we, we should... We should probably have a conversation about that maybe in the next couple of days. Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, what's in this cupboard? Oh, that's my bourbon cupboard. Pretty impressive, isn't it? Why do I have so, so much bourbon? Have you met my friends, right? Like maybe, maybe that, yeah, okay, you, you created them. I, I, I get that too. Okay, what's in this closet? I mean, it's just a normal closet. You wanna look? Yeah, go ahead, take a look in there. Why do I have so many pairs of, of shoes? Is there really too many pairs of vans? I don't know if that's possible. Or what's in, in this room? That's the garage, right? How many more payments do I still have on the Jeep? God, Holy Spirit, this is getting real personal now for us. See, that's what happens when the, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, right? He wants to evaluate the way that we're living. He wants to help us evaluate our priorities, our, the way we use our finances, the, the habits that we have in our lives. And so to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what it means is that we, we willingly unlock all of the doors, all of the rooms inside of our life so that he has full access, that he can come in. And as he lives in us, he kind of does that whole Mary Kondo thing on us, right? Where he's saying, this stuff needs to go and we need to reorganize and we need to have the right things in here. Now, this verse in Ephesians, it says that we need to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's actually a cool uh, story in the Bible or a cool couple of examples in, in the life of Peter where it shows this. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, one of his closest friends. And Peter's hanging out with a group of people. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says this, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, fast forward a couple chapters to Acts chapter 4. And it's still Peter, but now he's with an entirely different group of people and in this group of people, it says that the Holy Spirit came and they were all, including Peter, again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts 4.31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. See, just two chapters later, and Peter already needs to be filled again with the Spirit of God. See, I think there's a principle here. If we want to be guided by the Spirit, then we need to, to experience the presence of the Spirit on a daily basis in our lives. We need to put ourselves in God's presence every single day. Now, if, if you were at one of our physical campuses here at Hope, what we do at the end of services is that the pastors are usually hanging out in the lobby or the hallway somewhere, right, where we can say hi to people and people can come and talk to us if they need to. And um, a few years ago, I remember a guy out in the hallway and he kind of locked eyes with me from a distance and, and he started coming right at me. And, and it's kind of like a fun game, kind of a scary fun game because you just don't know, you don't know what people are going to ask or what they're going to talk about. And so he, he came right up to me and um, and, and, and he said, he said, pastor, he was very, very country, right? He said, he said, pastor, there was something in that room there today. I guarantee there was something in that room. And, and I didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. So I asked, I'm like, is that, is that good or is that bad? He said, oh no, it's good. It's good. I want more of that. He said, I'm going to come back next week. And then he cussed. And, and again, if you've never been to Hope, that's not abnormal for some of our people here at, at Hope too. And he said this, he said, he said, pastor, that was one hell of a sermon. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm so glad you were here. I hope you come back next week so we can work some of that out of you, right? Like that, that's probably what needs to happen. Now, I know there's some of you that are watching even right now and you're like, is that a cuss word? Yeah, you should probably come back next week as well. But here was the deal, right? It wasn't about the message that I preached. It wasn't that he was coming back hoping that I was gonna share the same message the next week and the week after that and the week after that. The reason he was gonna come back was because of the presence of God. And that is available to you every single day. It's available to all of us every single day. So here's your prayer. God, fill me. 
God, would you fill me with your presence today? And this isn't just a 6 a.m. prayer that kind of covers the day. Maybe every once in a while that happens. But for me in my life, this is a 6 a.m. prayer. This is a 6.15 prayer. This is a 6.20 prayer. This is a throughout the day prayer. God, would you fill me with your presence? Because as he does that, it forces out the stuff that, that doesn't need to be in my life, the stuff that's not beneficial. Here's the second one. To know God's will, we need to know God's purpose. Now, let me just share that we're about to drink from a fire hose for the next couple of minutes, okay? So just hang in with me just for a minute. But I need you to know a couple things. You are, you're very unique, okay? In fact, the Bible says that you are uh, God's original masterpiece, that when you were created, you were created with meaning and you were created um, with purpose. That's an incredible thing. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are supposed to do something with our faith, right? That one of our main purposes is to figure out how God has, has gifted us, right? How, who God has made us to be and what he wants us to do in our lives, how he wants us to serve others or what our ministry should look like. And so the Bible says that, um, that what God made us to be, that determines what it is that we do. It's probably bigger than just the job that we have or, or the interests that we, that we have. Right? It's, it's who God created you to be. This is where we discover and find our purpose. So let me ask and answer several questions for you about purpose. And maybe the first one is this. You, I just mentioned ministry. What is ministry? Well, the Greek word is, is diakonos, and it means to serve. And literally, it's, it's just this. Ministry is, is that we use whatever it is that God has given us to serve him and to serve or to uh, come alongside and help others. Maybe the next question is, well, who is to do ministry? Well, Ephesians 4.12 answers that. It says this, their responsibility, that would be us as church staff, right? Our responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And so the staff, right, the, the pastors at the church, that our job is to kind of be like coaches and the people, your job is to be the ministers, the, the players. It's you that lives out our mission every single day wherever you go. So maybe the next question is, well, how do we know what to do? Well, 1 Corinthians 12 actually helps us with that. It says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. See, a spiritual gift is a special ability given to us by the Holy Spirit at the moment of our salvation. And it's really simply for the purpose of, of building others up, of encouraging others, of serving others, of, of building God's church and, and building his kingdom. And so maybe the next question is, well, who receives spiritual gifts? The answer is every Christian. In fact, the Bible teaches that every Christian has at least one spiritual gift and that no one has them all, right? There is no super Christian out there that has all of the gifts. What are the spiritual gifts? Well, there's lots, and, and the Bible has multiple passages that, that describe and lay those out. Where do spiritual gifts come from? They come from the Holy Spirit, right? This is a gift that comes from God. This is not something that you can earn in, in any way in your life. Why are spiritual gifts important? They're important because they, they help us grow. In fact, the Bible says that anytime we waste what it is that God has given to us, that that is a sin, and so when you don't use your gifts, it's not just you that misses out. In fact, it's, it's all of us that miss out. In fact, you may be the only person in my life that has a, a specific gift. And if you don't use it, then I miss out on that in my life. Last question is this, is when do I find out my spiritual gifts? And the answer to that is by doing ministry. In fact, I think that the best way to discover your gifts is by serving. It's easier to discover your, ministry, or your gifts through ministry than it is to discover your ministry through your gift. 
The primary ministry that we have in our lives is based on the gifting that God has given us. Our secondary ministry kind of commitment, that's based on meeting the needs around us. So this is where you start. You start by serving exactly where you're needed. And by doing that, we're going to help you come alongside and discover what it is that God has gifted you. And from there, maybe get you into the place where you fit into, into that gift. What's going to happen at the end of this message is your online hosts are actually going to post some opportunities for you if you live locally in the triangle and around this area of how you can come and how you can serve and, and you can use your gifts to be a part of what's happening here at Hope. If you're watching from outside of our region or our area, maybe in a different state, Here's what I would encourage you to do. You need to find a local church and you need to get connected in that local church. That doesn't mean that we can't still be a part of this together, but you need to use your gifts to benefit that church and benefit that community and you need their gifts in your life as well. Here's the prayer that I would challenge you to pray every day. God, show me. God, would you show me the gifts that you have given to me? Would you show me the purpose that you have for my life? Here's a third one. To know God's will, we need God's plan. See, God has a very specific plan for your life. In fact, Isaiah 30 verse 12 says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whether to the right or to the left. Now, some of us have no problem hearing lots of voices, right? But maybe the question is, well, how do I know that it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking to me? How do I know that it's his voice? Look at what John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Chase shared this last weekend, and I'm, I'm the same as him, right? I've never heard an audible voice from God. I've never heard God audibly tell me what to do. But I have had the Holy Spirit lead me in all kinds of ways and all kinds of, of opportunities and all kinds of different occasions and, and circumstances. And, and sometimes it's, it's in my mind. It's a lot of times it's through his word and it's through the people and others, the friends that I have brought into my life that, that want to speak truth into my life, that want to encourage me, that are willing to challenge me even on, on some things. See, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you into and he wants to guide you through the plan that he has for your life. He is always willing to lead us. Now, unfortunately, it's not always the plan that we want or that we hoped for. It's not always in the way that we want it to go or even sometimes the timing that, that we want. But God's plan is always for the best. In fact, let me show you four really quickly, four ways that, that God shows you his plan. There is the first, when the request is not right, then God says no. As parents, right, when we love our kids and even when we say no to them, and we do it hundreds of times, usually a day, but it's not because we don't love our kids, we do, it's because we want what's best for them. The same is true with God. Look at Acts 16, verse 6. It says this, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. And again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. See, here's the truth. God doesn't owe us an explanation when he says no. We just simply have to trust that his way is always best. So sometimes God says no. When the timing's not right, though, sometimes God says slow. There's a big difference between a delay and a denial, right? A big difference between a no and a not yet. And it takes our spiritual matru maturity as we grow to distinguish the difference between those. Here's the third one. When the request and the timing are right, but you're not right, well, then God says grow. 
See, there are things that God wants you to do. There are places he wants to take you, but you might not be ready for that yet. And so God's desire is that he needs to take some time to grow us first because he's always more interested in our character than he is in our accomplishments. Last one is this, when the request is right and the timing is right and you're right, well, that's when God says, go. In fact, look at Acts chapter 19, verse 21. It says this, afterwards, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit of God to go to Macedonia and to Achaia before going to Jerusalem. See, God has a plan for your life. And most of the time, he's only gonna show you one step at a time. And you can be confident of this. God is never gonna lead you in a place that is hurtful or, or bad for you. And so we can trust him and we can follow the plan that God has for our lives. There's a great story in, uh, in the book, Great by Choice by Jim Collins. And he tells the story of Robert Falcon Scott and um, Roald Amundsen, um, who wanted to be the first to reach the South Pole. And so in 1911, they both set out on this journey, a 1400 mile journey to be the first one to get there. And Amundsen uh, spent several years preparing, uh, gathering more supplies than, than even necessary. He thought through and planned through all of the worst case scenarios. In fact, it even says that he went and he lived um, with indigenous people for a period of time to learn how do they move around in sub-zero temperatures. Scott didn't pack as many supplies. Even though his team was larger, he chose to rely on intuition more than planning. Amundsen and his team planned their course. They decided they were going to travel 15 to 20 miles every single day, no matter the weather conditions or no matter how they felt. Scott sometimes traveled further, sometimes not at all, leading his team by the conditions rather than by having a plan. Amundsen arrived on time and, uh, and he won the race. Scott and his entire team all died on the journey. See, God has a plan for your life. And when we follow it, even if we don't feel like it, he will always lead us to the right place, to the right decision at the right time. Here's the prayer that I would challenge you to pray. God, use me. God, would you use me? Help me to take the next step. Show me what my next step is so that I can walk in obedience with you. Last one is this. To know God's will, we need God's power. Now, I know some of you have been wondering why Frosty is uh, back here. Before we get to that, let me just read Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So let me ask you a question, guys in, in this room, let me ask you the question. Um, what does this represent, right? When you see this, what, what does it represent? Christmas, winter maybe, right? Like those are probably acceptable answers, right? You wouldn't look at this and ever think tennis, right? Or, or beach trip, right? Like it, it doesn't say that. It clearly represents something when, when you see it. I want you to look like this snowman. I mean, not fake, right? Like I don't, it's not about that, but here's what it is about. It's about being so filled with God's presence and so clear in what it is that we represent or who it is that we represent that everywhere we go, we are God's witnesses in our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, to the outermost parts of the world, that we will love and treat and serve others the way that Jesus has loved and treated and served us. See, this is the plan that God has for your life. But the only way that we can do this is, is by staying plugged in. Right? Because when we unplug, when we disconnect, 
When we decide that, you know what, I I think I can do this my way, I I can do it on my own, I I think I maybe even uh, know better than God, this is what happens to us, right? We get deflated, right? That's what happens in our relationship. It's very noticeable when we are running on our own power and no longer running on the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so what we need to do is stay plugged in. Because you see, our churches are already too filled with, uh, with people who are deflated, right? Our schools are filled with, with people that are deflated. Our jobs and our workplaces filled with people that are deflated. We don't need any more of that. What we need are people that are, are filled with the presence and the power of God living inside of us. And as a result of that, that we get to be his representatives and his witnesses. So here's your prayer. Prayer for this is, God, would you empower me? God, would you empower me? Because I can't do this on my own, and I don't want to do this on my own. I only want to do this in the context and relationship with you. Let me close with this. I heard a story of a guy named uh, Peter Deneka, and uh, he was a Russian immigrant that uh, uh, immigrated uh, to America in 1914 to uh, to escape the communist uh, revolution that was happening in Russia. And, and as a result, God used him in incredible ways. He became a missionary, and, and tons of people in both America and Russia um, gave their lives to Jesus as a result of, of his life. But he tells this story about what his parents went through to get him to America, that they sold everything that they had so that they could buy one ticket for him, right, so that he could get to America. They packed up, his, his mom packed up a little backpack for him with everything that he owned. It wasn't much, and whatever food they had, mostly stale bread, put it in that backpack, zipped it up, and they put him on that boat. It was a long journey, and it didn't take long for him to run out of food, right? He ate all of the bread. He ate everything that was in that backpack, and he began to starve. And you can imagine this scenario of this little immigrant kid, right, who's looking in the windows three times a day at the people that are eating in the dining hall. And he's looking at the tables, and he's looking at all of the food and just thinking, if I could just have even what's left over at the end, that, that's, that would be enough for me. Well, he continued to starve and was beginning to be malnourished and and not even thinking that he was going to make it when one of the sailors noticed him and said, hey, if you work, if you help us, right, we'll at least give you some food. And so he did. It wasn't much and it wasn't good, but it was enough to keep him alive. Well, he goes on in the story and and he says this, that at the the end, at the moment when the journey was about to end, one of the passengers um, actually spoke both English and Russian. And so the ticket that he had was written in English. And so he was able to read to him the ticket. And when he did, he discovered on the very last day of the journey that three meal plans every single day were included in the price of his ticket. That the entire time, He had been entitled to this incredible banquet that he watched other people, other people experience and and be a part of. So I think there's a lot of us that are living our lives that way, right? That we're watching other people and we're watching them and saying, man, I wish I had the the same amount of God that they had. I wish I had the same amount of peace that they have. I, I don't know how they deal with relationships that way. I wish I had their marriage or their family. I wish I had that. See, we have everything that we need through the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You have everything you need for the best life, the best marriage, the best family, the best career, the best friendships to be filled with joy and and peace, right? To find significance in our lives because the ticket has already been paid for and purchased by Jesus. And God has given us the gift of his spirit to come and to live inside of us and empower us. See, we don't need to stand and watch other people and wish we had that. 
feeling like we're living some kind of secondary life. That's not God's will for you. Here's the deal. I think this is one of those series that I think a lot of people are going to come back to often because I think it's going to, we're all going to need this reminder. We're going to need the encouragement. We're going to need even the challenge that, that we have access to God in our lives in a way that, that can be life-changing for us, life-changing for, for our families, life-changing for our schools and the places that we work. That if we fully submit to the Holy Spirit in our lives, that this is the only way we get to live out our mission to love people where they are and encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the only way we are going to fulfill the vision of reaching the triangle and changing the world. We have everything that we need available to us. We have a God that is going to guide us and is going to be with us, representing us and, and teach us. If we try to do it on our own, we're just gonna be a deflated version of the best that we could be and the best that we could experience. God has something incredible planned for your life. And I would challenge you to lean into to these things and so that you can discover where it is that God wants to use you and how he wants to impact and use your life in his kingdom. Because I really believe, guys, if we lean into the spirit in this way, right, that, that the best is, is still in front of us as a church and that God is gonna do immeasurably more than we could ever ask for or imagine. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? God, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for this incredible gift of your spirit in our lives. And, and as we talked about in week one, the, the spirit is the exact representation of Jesus. So we want to say thank you for Jesus. And, and this is where it starts because, again, we can't get the spirit on our own. And so, Father, if there is anyone watching today that has never um, in faith said yes to Jesus, that is, maybe is... is been trying to do things on their own, maybe has heard about who Jesus is and what he's offered, but have, have never crossed that line of faith to say, I need Jesus as my savior. But today is that day that they feel like I need the Spirit's help and I want what it is that Jesus has offered to me. If that's you today, here's what I would just challenge you just to, to pray uh, something similar to this. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for me. Jesus, it is in faith that I give you my life, that I accept your gift of forgiveness and freedom from my sin. And I thank you that I will be with you eternally in heaven. I thank you for a restored relationship with my Father. And I thank you that as a result, you will give me the gift of your spirit to live inside of me, to teach me, and to help me, and to guide me through this life. And if that's you, if you prayed that prayer today, I just want to say congratulations. It is the, the greatest decision you will ever make in your life. And now that's a one-time decision. Now comes the daily decision of, of allowing God's spirit to fill us, right? And staying in his presence. It's the decision to, to serve and discover the purpose that God has given us by meeting the needs of others. It's to walk step by step in the plan that God has for your life. But it can only be done when we're filled with his power. And we don't try to just do it on our own. And so Holy Spirit, would you enable all of those things in our lives as individuals, in our families, in our church? And God, would you help us to truly live out our mission and vision? God, we're so excited to see what it is that you are going to do in our lives and, and in our communities as a result. Thank you for loving us this much. We praise you, Jesus, and we pray all of this in your perfect name.
Thank you for listening to the Hope Podcast. We appreciate you joining us as we tackle issues facing our modern world from a biblical perspective. To make sure you don't miss a message, please take a moment and hit the subscribe button. Also, if you're new to Hope and want to check out what we're about and how to be a part of our community, go to our next steps at gethope.net slash next. Let us know your story because we'd love to connect with you.